The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome, everyone, all of you intentional spirits out there, and thank you for all that you're doing in the world because you're moving from just concepts and ideas and and being uh, moved energetically to actually taking action and being committed to being part of the change by being the change. And today, our featured guest is James Jim Phillips. He's the co-founder of Living in Truth. And he's devoted his career to making the sacred wisdom of ancient Egypt relevant for today's individuals and to make the connection with audiences throughout the world. Welcome to our show, Jim. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you, Temple. I really appreciate the opportunity. Well, I always like to start by giving our listeners an opportunity to know, you know, where did you come from? And how did a nice guy like you wind up in a place like this? <laughs> I, I like I that. that. I think that, um, you know, the sacred storytelling is, is, is what makes it all real and more tangible mm-hmm. and measure, measurable for each of us. So um, when you were born and growing up, did you automatically know that your quest was to offer ancient Egyptian teaches, teachings to the world? Oh, far, far, far from it. I was I was raised in uh, Columbus, Ohio, so I was inundated by the Ohio State Buckeyes. So that was my my formal upbringing was going to school and pretending that we were fans of the of the football team, and uh, uh, gravitated to California later on. Uh, and uh, got in the Hollywood system and had very little use for spirituality at all, actually, and uh, uh, got to travel the world uh, selling uh, television shows for one of the Hollywood studios. So, obviously, my ego was very inflated in that era and uh, uh, full of self-importance, if you want to look at it that way. And uh, then life took the old smack that it does and lost all that, and I fled to Europe and lived in Europe 11 years, which was the major transition in my life to the to my my life's work now i lived in paris and london and dublin um, over those 11 years and i could easily commute to egypt so i've been to egypt oh i don't know 25 30 times easily and i fell in love with the place Uh, i fell in love with the spirituality and over i don't know a few years I began to meet people that you would consider a little bit under the radar um, who were ostensibly Coptic Christians but were maintaining the old wisdom of Egypt. Um, and as the more they trusted me, the more they revealed. And they gave, they have a name for themselves called the Said G. And the said means um, rejuvenation, um, and the G means expert. So they are expert at rebirthing and rejuvenating themselves. 
which is exactly what the temple system was about in in ancient Egypt was to graduate you through initiation after initiation until you were a, an enlightened uh, intentional soul with a life's purpose that was clear and that you could raise your vibration accordingly and over several years of instruction they finally gave me the and you'll love this temple they gave me the word they said you're going back to america and i said oh. no way <laughs> that, that ain't happening and they said nope you're gone i said why and they said because you have to americanize this message and get it out and i said oh really and i said well i don't want to do that well look at me now living here back in america in chicago oh. Spreading the message, so spirit knows and has our intentions all straight, even though I didn't. And so that's what I do. I I have taken my what they taught me and visiting all the uh, ancient sites and the the wisdom of the uh, earliest Egyptians from literally thousands and thousands of years ago, and compiled it and put together into a a form that. Uh, uh, people can study at home in my Imaginization album, and also um, I, I teach a course um, uh, called The Secrets of the Adepts Workshop, which is uh, showing you how the, the priestesses and priests of uh, ancient Egypt would be able to visualize and manifest and make changes in their lives. Wow. I just, um, I'm just... Um in awe and, and, and loving this conversation. Um, well, oh, you know, it, it's very interesting to me too, because, um, I, I'm, I'm always kind of surprised at us as a culture. You know, what I love about who we are in our becomingness is the allowance of innovation, new inventions. I mean, thank heaven somebody saw us riding on something more than a horse. I mean, really, thank heaven somebody thought about something, uh, some kind of tin can up in the sky um, because of the way we're able to live now due to uh, airplanes. We're very grateful for that. But the other part, you know, they say don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, and I don't really like to use that because some of the things people say, you think about them, you go, whoops, I don't even want to say that anymore. But anyway, the point is, is that, uh, it's interesting because uh, tried uh, and tested and proven true are these ancient values. And, and I put kind of new thought and, um, you know, religious science, uh, Centers for Spiritual Living and Unity. That's, mm-hmm. it, we call it new thought. It might be a mm-hmm. new thought to some people. There's nothing new about it. It, uh, it, it, it goes back to the beginning of, of time. You know, uh, Charles Fillmore was highly influenced by uh, things of Egypt. Uh, thus, we have the uh, unity wings, um, and that's symbol- symbology from Egyptian times. But anyway, what is it? This is more just a, um, a curiosity question than anything. Why do you think that we hesitate to resonate with ancient, tried, tested, and proven true techniques, we'll kind of shy them off, but yet we'll we'll just jump on some new super-duper two-for-five-dollar thing. What, what do you think that's oh, you, about you in said your it, experience? You said it perfectly, Temple. Um, the Egyptians were, the, the, the axiom number one was as above, so below. That was what guided them thematically in their instruction in the temples. And if you were a precocious seven-year-old, uh, your family petitioned the temples and said, "This our seven-year-old um, has uh, psychic abilities, intellect. Uh, we would like she or he to be accepted into the temple system, which would be not unlike a magnet school in our time. Uh, and for the first seven years, they received instruction in arithmetic, science, astronomy, math, that sort of thing. And at 14, they applied to become a candidate initiate to become an expert in 
exactly what you're talking about. It took them seven years of instruction, not just some simple take a pill and you now are an adept where you can manipulate energy successfully. They spent seven years learning how to manifest through creative visualization, what we call creative visualization, and became more and more adept at using it until they went through their final initiation in the Great Pyramid for three days and three nights in a sort of vision quest with the lid of the sarcophagus over, over their head, and they had to overcome their fear of death and find their purpose in this incarnation. So these truths that we are speaking of are not something you can just glibly say, you know, okay, now I'm enlightened. I mean, they, you have to actually learn how to change the processes of how you think and how you act and how you to manifest the changes you want to make in your life. A good example, um, I was teaching here at one of the churches in the south side of Chicago, and this lady ran up to me and said, I want out of my my roach hotel that I've been living in and I'm on the list for subsidized housing here in Chicago and I've been trying for three years to get out and I have not made it. What do you have for me? And I just, you know, I was a little taken aback. I didn't know how to respond. Reverend Derek had said, you know, uh, just handle it any way you can. And I said, well, take this CD, which was one of the, the first CDs in my album. Take it home. Don't pay me. Practice it. Learn how to do visualization the Egyptian way, and um, stay in touch. And I will pray for you. And uh, I was uh, invited to come down to a book signing about three months later. And she jumped out of the audience and ran up to me and said, "Thank you so much. I visualized my new apartment over and over and over using the Egyptian way, and I." Actually, just last week was informed that I am now receiving my rent subsidized apartment in the, a new part of town. That's the kind of thing that is these old truths are still self-evident, which is through the power of your mind, you can manifest change. It's harnessing and controlling the mind is the trick, and the devil's in the details, as you can imagine. Absolutely. And and hearing how you articulated that, then um, if the listeners heard it like I did, it's effective and and powerful and works because these were ideas that were birthed within. They were innate. They were instinctive. Um, they weren't uh, based on external first then trying to delve into being inside yourself. That's how they created them back then. They went into the quiet. Uh, They really opened up to what intuitively was supposed to evolve through them. It's just really powerful. I love what you're doing um, in the world. I I really do. One of the early things that I learned from the Sedji was that the Egyptians practiced an art and they considered it to be an art called active meditation. And if I may, I'll explain the difference between active and passive. When you oh, please, do medi- yes. when you do meditation that you and I are more familiar with, which is quieting the mind by a mantra or uh, looking at a candle or just getting very very quiet in a yoga position and and making thought slow down and just feeling our senses slow down. That kind of a meditation they called a passive meditation, and it was at the beginning of their uh, visualization process. A lot of our techniques stop there in Western world. We don't go any further than that. It's just the goal is to get quiet, and that wasn't the, just the goal of the Egyptians who were adept at doing this. Uh, they believed that once you got that quiet, now was the time to make an, a, a movie, if you will, which I call the mental movie, and I branded it called Imaginization. And you make a mental movie of what you're trying to change. Like in the lady's case I was referring to, she did a movie every day about leaving her Roach Hotel 
and getting in her car and her U-Haul and moving down the street into her brand-new apartment. And she finished the movie by falling asleep in the bed she had just put up in her new apartment. So it had a beginning and a middle and an end and a theme and a real heartfelt desire, which is absolutely important. The Egyptians called this the uh, um, the fire from heaven, that if you don't have your heart's desire and it's right for you, that spirit knows it's right for you, you won't be able to manifest it. But you make your movie and you do it over and over and over and use these, these techniques, these Egyptian techniques to do it, and the manifestation becomes so powerful that, that the law of attraction starts to help you instead of stand in your way. And these are, these are simple, timeless notions taught by most of the world's religions in one form or another for centuries, if not thousands of years. But the Egyptians had a really good way to get it through to you and let you be able to practice it. Well, I also know that you are... Uh, you specialize in doing a living in truth lecture. Um, mm-hmm. Do you do it throughout the states? Are you physically going to um, spaces and lecture halls to do this? Do you do webinars? Do you do all of it? Uh, tell us about that work you're doing. Okay, the the living in truth lecture is a precursor. I tend to do it um, at a New Thought Church. Um, um, such as here at Unity of Chicago, and it's it's a precursor, a free Friday night lecture, if you will, and or a love offering, and it introduces my hero from the Pharaonic times, uh, called Pharaoh Akhenaten and his queen, Queen Nefertiti. Uh, most people have heard of those individuals; they're the most famous pharaoh and queen in Egyptian history. And uh, he basically signed his name with something called a cartouche, which has hieroglyphs surrounded by a uh, oblong circle. Uh, with once he put his name down, like you know King Henry VIII, I mean Pharaoh Akhenaten. Below it, he would put another uh, cartouche and say, "He who lives in truth," in hieroglyphs to remind himself and the eight million people of his country that we need to live as brothers and live in truth and acknowledge that the stuff that is created is in all of us and that we are all you know, each other's brother's keeper. And uh, he did this uh, for 17 years until he was uh, either assassinated or abdicated, but the bad guys, the ruling elite, took over and uh, destroyed his experiment to, to found a, a, a new way for civilization, actually, to, to uh, work. And so I do my lecture based on him as an introductory lecture to the Egyptian wisdom, and uh, it's about an hour, an hour and a half long, and it's called Living in Truth, and I've named my company Living in Truth because of that, to inspire myself as well. Uh, the, the workshop, which reveals the secrets that reveals the techniques and the home study course that I've created called the Imaginization Album is really to to take you from the beginning point and replicate all the way through graduation at the temples until you can manifest energy successfully and create what you want to have happen for you yourself in your life. And uh, that that material is called Secrets of the Adepts. That is so intriguing. Um, I am talking today, for those of you that are just coming on, I'm talking to an incredible scholar uh, featuring to us the Egyptian ancient sacred wisdom, uh, Jim Phillips. He's the co-founder of Living in Truth. I want to thank all of you for listening to our show today. And Jim has set us up perfectly to hear more about uh, how we live in truth when we come back after this short break. Thank all of you for your ongoing contributions that you continue to make to Unity Online Radio, allowing us to reach countries throughout the world. I'm Temple Hayes, and we'll be right back after this short break.
As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach to the world, we count on the support of listeners like you. Please make your donation today. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Have you seen Unity Magazine lately? There's a new editor, a fresh new look, and now Unity Magazine has gone digital. Print subscribers, you can access Unity Magazine for free from your computer or mobile device. Non-subscribers can buy single digital issues through Google Play, Amazon, and the Apple Store. Sign up at our website and let Unity Magazine become your favorite digital resource for spirituality and inspiration. To learn more, visit unitymagazine.org slash digital. truly understand the laws of the universe and live a life based on these profound and unwavering truths, then your dream life starts today. No more waiting, no more wandering. If you're ready to let go of the striving and move into the allowing, you're ready for everyday attraction on Unity Online Radio. We study the teaching of Abraham given to us by beautiful Esther Hicks so we can release confusion for clarity, exchange struggle for serenity, and have the time of our lives today. Join host Ray Zander every Friday at noon Central Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Unity Online Radio for Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at theintentionalspirit at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here is your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome back, everyone, and thank you so much, uh, first and foremost, to being an intentional spirit. Um, for those of you that are just coming on, I'm talking with um, a man that went to Europe to have fun for the rest of his life and got the download from Spirit as well as the scholars in Egypt that his creation of work was going to be to spread the sacred wisdom of ancient teachings from Egypt. And that is what he committed to do. Well, first and, mo- first and foremost, Jim Phillips, thank you for listening because, you know, People get downloads every day, but it doesn't mean that they pay them attention or they're they're willing to move forward. I did hear that initially you said no. Um, I uh, I I I said uh, not too long ago in my life that uh, my no's have been as as powerful that became yeses as my original yeses. <laughs> that became nervous. <laughs> I too have said, Oh no, that will not be me. <laughs> when I first came here to Unity, I went, Uh uh-uh, uh, no, I'm not going back to pulpit ministry. Thank you for sharing. No, no, no. Been there, done that. Got pictures. <laughs> and um, 11 years later, I'm still here. <laughs> uh, so I get there you. You, are. you know, I really get you. I, I get you uh-huh. in how how that is. And I just want to recognize the grace um, within you. Uh, What I say in my new book is, you know, people talk about my way or the highway and to look at it from a different perspective, my way or the highway with a capital H meaning the divine way through me, uh, which is um, a whole different thing. And that's what you surrendered to was the highest path of your life. So I just want to salute you about that because, you know, it's not always easy uh, walking around saying, let me tell you about the sacred wisdom of Egypt. <laughs> so thank oh. you for oh. having the courage and uh, your willingness to ground in that. And I just, um, I didn't want the show to go by without my applauding you for that. Um, I want to highlight uh, to those of you that want to know more and experience more, because I'm sure you will. It's uh, 
like living in truth. So the website is L I T as in living yeah. in truth for uh, the number four u.com. So L I T the number four Y O U.com. And you can learn all kind of incredible stuff about this work and also how to get Jim into your community to offer these great teachings. Well, we were talking about um, living in truth and the lecture and the workshops that you do and the programs. Can you give us some insight, um, uh, two or three practical type of steps? Um, and, and I know that an hour show isn't long enough, but if you could just give us some pieces. Well, okay. Um, it's easier for someone to go to the website and see me do it on video. There's a video okay. clip there, but I can Excellent. paraphrase it now over the phone, which can, which would lead them to go to the website and watch me do it. But there is a it. really really cool technique that they called taking the sacred bath, and uh-huh. that is to, re- to eliminate stress anxiety, that shallowness and shortness of breath we all get when they're in the middle of our hectic day. If you can sort of catch yourself saying, you know, I feel like i got to make 21 phone calls right now, and yet i still got to pick up my kids from from school, and I'm out of time, and all that causes a lot of stress, that kind of um, uh, mild anxiety. And Egyptians were people like us, and they had anxiety and stress, too, because they they were um, uh, counseling to the to the public when they were um, graduated in the temple system so they were counselors and so the they had a system there that that I have called the cleansing of the mind and the body and basically again the video it's easier to do by video but the essence is to put your fingers uh, together your four fingers together at the brow chakra which is the you know in between your two eyes and just north of that and run the hands over the top of the head and at the same time say may the power of love cleanse my spirit and you do that three times running the hands over the top of the head slowly and then bringing them back to the front of the face and shaking off the negative uh, energy that you have picked up so may the power of love cleanse my spirit. And then if you feel any tension or stress in the body, the same reason that you would go out and have a uh, massage done, for an example, that accumulated stress that warehouses itself in the body, if you want to get rid of that, their technique for that was to, to go to the same place with the four fingers of both hands, meet at the brow chakra, and then they would articulate the body all the way down to their toes by crossing their hands as they say, may the power of love cleanse my body. And they did each of those three times, which took 30 seconds at the most, and they physically have removed the stress and the negative um, um, vibrations that have been accumulated into their aura like flypaper. And it's a really cool technique. Once you get in the habit of doing it, you can do it very quick, and you can immediately feel the difference. And it was something they did in the temples thousands and thousands of years ago. And I teach that in, you know, on, uh, on the website as well as, um, you know, live when I do do it live and uh, on the in the album well during the the winter in Chicago I would uh, highly recommend that you come to the beautiful climate of st. Petersburg Florida (laughs) (laughs) both both my both my grown daughters have relocated down to Florida so I have very good reason to do that temple okay well I'm just planting that Egyptian seed within you right now that you will just fill the call within spirit that it is yours to do because I want to know more and I love these kind of techniques and I know that this kind of stuff is immediate and it, and it works uh, very powerfully. And of course now I see what you mean that uh, you can't verbalize techniques in that, in that way. So thank you for walking us through that. And your video of explanation is right on your homepage of the website. Um, Let's explore um, because I, I think that often, you know, in our society today, especially in our culture, is that we use a lot of similar terminology, and similar terminology has its advantages, you know, mm-hmm. unless people literally mean it in different ways, you know. Gay means happy, okay? 
That doesn't necessarily mean what other people are saying in other ways. So we use words um, in our culture interchangeably, even though they mean different things, or we assume they mean something when they really don't. And I love, um, in looking at your website, I love the, like the, they're the three codes that you live by, or they're the three traits that you feel strongly about. But I'd like to, I'm just curious to talk about each one of them. Um, first of all, because I love to learn. Um, but more importantly, because they mean so many different things to different people. Like, um, one of them is, um, to live in truth. Are you saying to tell the truth? Speak your impeccable word like Don Miguel Ruiz. Um, what yeah. does living in truth mean? The, that, that is a, from the Egyptian perspective, that's a portion of living in truth. Obviously, to, to use the, what they call the breath of Horus, the, the ability to blow air out and to put a word from our conscious mind on this breath of air is sacred. So the idea of releasing a word out of our mouth uh, is really important to be uh, objective and knowledgeable and conscious, to use our modern word, of those words so that you cause no harm to yourself or to others. And by telling a lie, even a white lie, you've caused harm to yourself. So saying things in anger, saying things uh, negative about others is not using our God's gift in the correct way. That's the Egyptian mm-hmm. perspective perspective on, on that, to live in truth. But living in truth is actually larger than that, too. It means the, the, the truth is that the, the, all the known creation, everything created everywhere, was created by what they called the infinite creator, and the, the, um, the creation is uh, facilitated by the, what is called love light. And that is a scientific, you know, um, device, if you will, illumination that comes into our sphere, uh, the different, uh, uh, perspectives, call it prana and chi and ki energy, but that energy illuminates our body. And when we use that energy correctly, we can raise our vibration. And by raising our vibration, we become what they call an illuminated soul. And this this is a larger uh, a picture than just the the, um, the the concept of not telling a lie and living in truth. I mean, obviously, we need to live in in in, in within the, what what we you know our, our purpose is for our lives, and to be able to manifest change into our lives, to be able to find that purpose more easily and distinctly but the larger picture is to, that we are a brother's keeper we're here to be of, of uh, service to others and service was the dominant creed of the of, of living in truth you were you weren't really living in truth until you were of service in their case 50 percent of your life a priest oh, thank of, you. a thank priest you of so Amun much. or a priestess of Isis believed that they were not in truly in service unless 50% of their life was devoted to helping others than themselves. And that's not easy to do, Tempo, as you and I well know. It's not easy to do. I found it to be one of the most difficult things to do since I left Egypt was to be in service to others 50% of my life. It's not easy. No, it, it, it's not. And I, but I, I'm, I'm very uh, tickled uh, to hear your answer of live in truth because a lot of people approach live in truth like a bumper sticker. Oh, live in truth. Uh, fulfill your purpose. And if you're not living your life purpose, you're kind of living in an untruth reality. You know, that's just one small layer of the onion um, because yeah. to me, um, what we're talking about is um, a much deeper and broader experience because, for example, uh, live in truth. Um, the way that I would address that as well, um, along with you, is that, and this is tough, especially those of us that have been trained to, for niceties and those little passing sayings, you know, like someone you haven't seen for a while, that if in your whole life, you never felt like you needed to see them again. <laughs> you know, you see them and you go, oh, it's so good to see you again. 
but you don't really mean it. You're not living in truth. It was a nice thing to say. By far, you didn't really know anything else to say because you were kind of caught off guard, but you don't want to say that. Uh, or um, I look forward to seeing you again. I think people say that a lot. Another thing people say to me is uh, you'll be hearing from me. You know, and after a while, you you start to say in this lifetime <laughs> because because it. you know what I mean because um, it's not a true statement; it's just kind of a passing statement. And um, so I like that you're addressing that because more people need to of uh, being very conscious in the and I practice the habits of passing people and, oh, how are you? Or or people will say, uh, I was just thinking about you the other day. Well, other day might have been five years ago, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. But to really right, right, practice right. just not letting those words leave your mouth if you don't mean them. Uh, yeah. There are some practices in ancient uh, method- methodologies that say you're going to have to carry that out. And it may not even be this round, you know, but in another lifetime, you may have to have this encounter because you said, here's the thing. I look forward to seeing you again, you know, so I love what we have, what we have, what we have lost, if you will, over the thousands of years, which was important in the temple structure, that words are things. They are as live as you and I are alive. They they have a, a a energy. They have a power, a word, and in our Western culture, we basically listen to people jabber on for hours, saying very little of importance, and we've lost the notion that words are precious and that they can affect and manifest and make change. So it's very very important to keep this principle. And if I can, they can take anything from our our discussion away that. When they open their mouth to release the, the, the sacred breath of Horus and match their brain's uh, visual output to that sacred breath and something is released out through their mouth, that it be not in their worst interest what came out their mouth. That it be something Absolutely. that raises the vibration of those around them and themselves. Because the Egyptians really were strident about this. Okay. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And that's why they live longer than we do on the planet. But that was going to have to be another radio show for us. But the other thing um, that I wanted to highlight, um, Jim, is um, people that give compliments when they don't really mean them. (laughs) There's a lot of that. There's a lot of, I like your shirt. Oh, your hair looks good. Surface uh, uh, chatting that you don't really mean that either, you know? Um, so thank you for highlighting this because it's key in how we're moving through everyday life and being fully alive and, and invigorated and being energetic beings because of, like you said, and I firmly believe this along with you, you know, lies aren't color coded. It just is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. because it's exactly. white doesn't mean it's, uh, you know, less of an impact on your body than a green one or a red one or a blue one. It just is what it is because it's simply not true. And there is an energetic price to pay for that. And, um, you know, we haven't elaborated on that enough, I don't think, in our teaching as basic cause and effect. But that's exactly what it is. Um, yeah, it's, uh, exactly. it's putting energy into and depleting our energy because we're not being real and true. Well, wow. How exciting. Well, you still have two more concepts because I also, I want to talk a little bit more about our words, uh, when we come back after, after break, if you can believe it, it's time for break again. Um, oh, I wow. want to thank all that of one you. Came I, back. Know. <laughs> I know. I <laughs> know. We're just flying right by, but um, I definitely want to have you on the show again for sure. And we need to get you around the holiday season because this is priceless information. Um, I'm Temple Hayes, and thank all of you for listening to our show. You can go to my website, templehayes.com, 
have a new book out now on when did you die? Eight steps to stop dying every day and start waking up. It elaborates on a lot of Jim's teachings that we're talking about today. And visit us at unitycampus.org to visit Jim and know more about him. You can go to his website, L-I-T, as in living in truth, or the number 4U.com. We'll be right back. Are you ready for deeper spiritual breakthroughs? Have you wondered how to apply spiritual principles to your everyday life in practical ways? Do you feel your soul is calling you to deeper purposes? Join Reverend Galen McDowell live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central for Truth Transforms, a discussion on how God within you, as you, is the power to transform your life. If you really believe that consciousness determines your experiences and that you are an individualized expression of God, join us as we help awaken and transform the consciousness of humanity. We will discuss, through lecture, live interviews and call-in questions, spiritual healing, prayer, prosperity, forgiveness, new thought views about eternal life, and much more. The world is waiting for your truth transformation, only on Unity Online Radio. We now return to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome back, everyone. And we're talking um, uh, to our wonderful guest today, uh, Jim Phillips, co-founder of Living in Truth. And we could probably talk... um, 20 or 30 hours just about what living in truth means. And uh, Jim's been highlighting some of the things and watching the words we say. Um, Jim, let's um, let's talk a little bit about our new uh, American culture language called profanity that has gotten way out of hand. Um, and people are thinking it's cool and savvy and look at me. I, I use the, the F word. Um, we've lost our language, and it's uh, it's um, it's very disappointing because it's going to continue to uh, create uh, such a lower vibration within our culture. Um, would you like to share about that? Oh well, yes, of course. The the diminution of our language and using slang and colloquial um, is. We, we have again going back to the Egyptian perspective. We have, we don't know the spoken word. We only have the hieroglyph tablet language. Our our letter A and the letter B and the letter C. The equivalent of it is all we have left of them. But we have quite a bit of their sayings and um, lovers missing other lovers and things like that. And it seems like even the common people were. Uh, that, that had not been through the temple system were discouraged by the priests and priestesses from using um, uh, language that would be of lower vibration. And mm-hmm. that I guess that's the best way I can answer the question. I don't think that our slang and profanity is doing us any service whatsoever. From the Egyptian perspective, we need to be very cognizant and very careful about how we relate to our brothers and sisters on this planet and to use our God's gift in a in a, an angry way is not what we're put here to do so we're supposed to be very careful about it another another way to look at it i guess if you want to get into it from another point of view if i may the, the, what you're just talking about the yes. the cosmology of the egyptians was that there are seven densities of life uh, from, you know, the basic rock and the formation of a, of a planet all the way through God consciousness. And we're in the middle here in what's called the third density. And this third density is when the mind-body-spirit complex is birthed, uh, of which we are, 
and that we're capable of, of doing things good and evil, if you want to look at it that way from perspective. And the fourth density is a density uh, that we in Christian terms are calling heaven. And in this density, the uh, mind-body-spirit complex has no need of language anymore. Isn't that interesting? That in that yes. in, in that de- in that density, it's the it's the power of the mind, telepathic power that has become so strong that entities living in this next density, where we will one day uh, be, uh, don't use the 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 breath of Horus anymore and don't articulate. A, a sound anymore. They they communicate by thought. Obviously, they have harnessed this ability to not use profanity and lower level vibration, and that's why they're a, a capable of being in this next density. I want to give it a another point of view for you, for you, the audience, just to see that what they what they taught actually applies. I love that. Um, yeah, and. Um and we have lots of passions about a lot of things. And, you know, for me, it's um, as being able to read energy when I was um, a child. Um, I watched the shifts in my father's energy when he used profanity. Because I was never around people that used it a lot, but he did. And it was just like the difference between night and day. Um, and it just zapped him. And it just zapped his aura. And I thought that was the most interesting awareness. Um, but... And now, you know, uh, it, like some of the movies um, that, I mean, you, you have to kind of spend time deciphering every other word to just trying to figure out what the point is. Um, and it, it just doesn't carry a, a good vibration at all. So anyway, another, um, I another, know good, what, another good habit of, on, on that regard, just just another thing to, to, to try. I don't know if you do this. You probably do it naturally, actually. But the Egyptians taught that if you come into a room full of others, like, you, again, you're, you're counseling and you don't know this person well that you're uh-huh. in this room with, or, you're, or if in our nomenclature we're going into a business meeting or a sales meeting or something, that mentally visualize a, a white light to go out and surround the, uh, all the people in the room and envelope them in a, a loving silvery white light, which is the color of the divine to the Egyptians, and I do that a lot myself, and I just feel the energy in the room change. Uh, these people are strangers to me, I'm strangers to them, but all of a sudden we are friends when I do that. And when I forget to do it, I can see demonstrably a difference. It's really interesting, actually. So it's right. this is the kind of things Egyptians taught. Yes, exactly. Well, I'm curious, what does love wastefully mean? What is that? Love wastefully. Uh, it's a cute way to say practicing unconditional love. I love, I love that though. Is that yours or is that? Yeah, um, I made I made that up too too. So I didn't have to use the word unconditional or unselfish love because everybody says that all the time, and I just I wanted to say it a different way. <laughs> well, you did caught my attention. <laughs> um, Going in a different door, right? We have to sometimes yeah. find those different doors because, again, of what we were saying earlier, people assume words mean certain things. You know, like some people assume that unconditional love means, you know, never speaking your mind or anything goes and all that. Um, oh. And that's not necessarily the case um, in that way at all. I like that love wastefully. I was kind of seeing it like, um, you know, those interactions that you have with people that aren't even necessarily people that you know, but they're kind of like defining moments and you kind of listen and you're kind of present and you, and therefore you get some kind of golden nugget for the day or I don't know. I just I think, really like that. I think more what the, again, going back to the Egyptians, what they were trying to say with that kind of a statement, it's, it's paraphrasing a, 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 a very famous poem actually. Um, that from the sacred lake you take water out and the water is replenished by the spring on top of the mountain replenishing the lake. Hence, the lake never uh, gets smaller. Or if you want to give it another analogy, when you turn on the tap of the spigot of water, it keeps running and you don't run out of the water that is available um, to come out of the spigot. 
unselfish love is the same idea. And to loving wastefully is the same idea. You cannot pass out enough love and be depleted and have no longer have any love to give. And that is some uh, myth, myth we have made up in Western culture. And the Egyptians didn't believe that. They, they believed it was actually learned how to do it more and more by practicing more and more, giving out unselfish love, doing things without condition, you know, giving a present to your lover. Uh, with at the same time expecting to get a present in return is not unconditional love. That's not the same thing. But when you give a present for the sheer joy of just seeing the reaction, that's unconditional love. And that's the Egyptians at least showed me the difference. And I I think with what you're saying, the way that um, I identify with it is like um, in the past when I was serving my uh, two little aging Yorkie dogs and people would say, God, you give that much energy to a dog? You know, so people see things in categories. Do you know what I mean? And for me, um, it doesn't matter if it's a dog, uh, a goat, uh, a person on the street, the girl at the grocery. There isn't a distinction because uh, love isn't measured in quota or uh, one's higher or lower on the uh, hierarchy of uh, expression. It's just a vibration. And nor is it a resource that can be diminished in any way, shape, or form. Energy is not lost in the Egyptian perspective. Energy is, is only transmuted and changes around creation. Nothing is ever lost. No love is really lost. It's impossible for us to run out of love, quote, unquote. We can shut down and not give it anymore, but that was a personal choice. It had nothing to do with the universe and creation. Okay? And it's not natural. <laughs> and, and it, exactly. And it's not natural. It takes a, a, a huge toll on the physical body to, um, to cut those uh, resources off and to uh, block them. There's no doubt about that. Um, <laughs> It's I, like I just your, I love it's like what pointing you're doing. your hand with. I was I was going to say it's like pointing a finger, and the the at the person that is uh, causing you anger or stress, and you notice that the three fingers on your hand are pointing back at you at the same time. This is a very famous uh, iconography in Egyptian wisdom that if you point the finger angrily, you just did this to me and I'm angry at you, guess what? Three fingers are pointing back at you. The anger is harming you, not them. Oh, that's a good one. I just I just did that in a mirror and I went, whoa, that's, that's, that's a very powerful <laughs> way of making that point. Well, you're just all full of golden nuggets today. <laughs> This is our day with the new moon in effect. So, um, yes, yes. What, a po- what a powerful day it is, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, am I um, am I making assumptions as to what serving all means, or is it self-explanatory to serve all? It is self-explanatory. It's it's to inspire. I mean, obviously, I'm not even sure that the priests and priestesses that had been through the entire temple system could serve all, but to try to, as much as possible, serve the others. Again, back to the notion that if you can achieve 50% of your waking day in service to others, including your own family and your own children, then you are on the path to become an enlightened soul, to become an illuminated soul. Instead of me, 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 I'm unhappy about this, I'm not getting that, I'm not me, 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 that stuff. That That is, in our culture, what we are trained to do, and we need to break that training. Yeah, way, way too out of proportion there, right? Yes, way, way too out of proportion, which is what I tried to do with that line that you see coming from left to right with all three of those lines. It was just what I was doing was attempting to grab thousands of years of wisdom and somehow, as, as I keep trying to do with all these things, with my albums and workshops and the like, is try to condense something that is almost unknown because these people were just ahead of recorded history. We have elements, some of it orally and some of it in writing, that have survived, 
And uh, I try my best to bring it into contemporary thought and to particularly Americanize it, which is what the Sedgi said I was going to do. And I said, okay. And uh, that's what we do with it. <laughs> and may I say, since our time is a little limited, I, I didn't get a, much, a chance to talk about the Imaginization album. Uh, I would like people to understand what that album is and then go to the website and read about it. it, it in, in essence, the Sedgi said, when you go back to America, you will spend a lot of time to put together a, um, an audio or video or both to replicate what the training would be as if you had been accepted into the temple at 14 years of age as a candidate initiate. And what each initiation through the seven years would be and what you would learn and then what was your knowledge that you possessed at the end when you were 21 years old and did the final initiation in the Great Pyramid and were anointed a full priestess of Isis or a priest of Amun. And that's what that Imaginization album is. There are beautiful material in there for erasing the vibration and illuminating the soul and becoming a uh, more psychic and aware person. Because they, they were very explicit. They said, you said, you know, you're going to do your best, but you're one person and there are, you know, you're going back to a country of 250 million people. Uh, so you will spend time to make this as a course and that's what i did i put two years of my life into making that album the imaginization album it's uh for those that are seekers for those that are interested in uh, in under, understanding the the golden triangle of egyptian uh, uh spirituality which is the ba and the ka and the amakuha which is equivalent of the father son and holy ghost in christianity uh if they want to understand that principle to raise vibration that album helps them do that at home they don't even need me to do this that was the goal of that album they, they could do it for themselves and thank well, you well i wanted Jim, to, I just, people to at least hear that i just want to say um thank you for doing what you're doing and and bringing such insight um uh, to the world um I'm just so appreciative of who you are and what you're doing. And uh, when you get that message now in your dreams to come to Florida, <laughs> don't forget that uh, in order to get to heaven uh, by way of divine consciousness, you must um, visit um, St. Pete. And, uh, and we'll look forward to seeing you real soon. Okay. Thank you everyone yeah. for listening. And uh, we'll you. look forward to having you join us next week. Um, God bless all of you on this amazing journey we call life. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehaze.org. Does the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan intrigue you? Is it something you've pondered? Listen each week as Victoria Moran, author of Main Street Vegan, shows you how to make the shift to a sustainable lifestyle for both you and the planet. Each week you'll learn about the latest on the vegan life. It's not just for celebrities and moguls, but for people just like you who want to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Guests will range from unity ministers to vegan authors, activists, physicians, chefs, and even some of those glittery celebs. There'll be recipes, ideas, tips for going vegan at your own pace, and ways to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Tune in Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time for Main Street Vegan, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
In quiet moments of prayer, let go of any concern. Anchor your trust deep in the realization that with God all things are possible. Never doubt it for a single moment. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Spirit of Recovery is the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth. Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., interviews down-to-earth guests who share with you how they keep going and growing in recovery. Spirit of Recovery is the place to get practical tips and join in lively discussions on topics that matter to recovering people. This program welcomes everyone who wants to know more about recovery. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts. 